Welcome to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we discuss the technologies, the companies, and the people that we believe are shaping the evolution of retail. Today, we're coming to you live from Etail West in Palm Springs in the wonderful outdoors again. And we want to thank our Etail Show sponsors. Our first sponsor is Sezzle. Sezzle is the number one shopper-rated buy-now, pay-later option for e-commerce stores. Sezzle increases sales and order values by letting shoppers get the things they want now, but pay for them in four interest-free installments over the course of six weeks. Try Sezzle for free for 30 days. Visit get.sezzle.com slash etail. That's get.sezzle.com slash etail. Or if you're at the show, visit booth W30. And of course, Stylelytics. Stylelytics is a scalable outfitting solution used by the biggest and best retailers in fashion. Stylelytics delivers personalized and on-brand outfitting content, which increases the customer's basket size and creates a more compelling shopping experience. You can find Stylelytics here at the show in booth 711 and also by visiting stylelytics.com, S-T-Y-L-I-T-I-C-S.com. And we are excited and thrilled because we actually have Stylelytics co-founder and the head of business development, the vice president of business development, Zach Davis with us today. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, how's it going? How's this weather for you, man? You're from Chicago. It's, it's awesome. I'm looking out here over the golf courses and the palm trees and I'm wondering why I do not live here. This is... I'm wondering, I don't think we should ever do a podcast inside ever again. No. I know. Why, we should just ask Etel to put the podcast booth outside. Yes. Also, the ambient noises, I don't know if they can pick up this on the mics, but the, the running water, this light breeze, just it's excellent. It makes you want to talk about e-commerce, doesn't yeah, it? It makes me want to get kind of low and quiet with my voice. <laughs> it's almost like a zen garden. And then to be here with you in that zen oh, garden. Oh, yes. I love it. But we go way back. We've known each God, we've probably known each other now. It's kind of almost probably two and a half, At three least. years, right? Yeah, I think so. We've been fans of the Stylytics group and myself in particular of, of your writing and both of your experiences in retail and back at Target and... So yeah, we're yeah. we're we're excited. We we love what you do. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. We appreciate the support too. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think we found each other through the writing on the blog, like way back in the day, before we were just just as we were getting started. But uh, but I think for our listeners, and thanks for your sponsorship for everything we're doing out here too. That means a lot to us. For our listeners, tell us a little bit about the company. Yeah, that's a sure thing. So Stylytics, we started the company. I'm one of our co-founders. It was almost ten years ago now. So we have. A little bit of history in this industry and a little bit of expertise that we built up over the years, just understanding kind of the ins and outs. And, you know, we came from outside the fashion industry and outside okay. the clothing apparel. Rohan, the co-founder, and Rohan's our CEO and myself. But we thought this is very compelling and that we, we were kind of drawn to the opportunities in the business uh, with what we wanted to do with it, which way back in the day at the time, it was to mine data about how customers buy and wear the clothes they buy. And we thought that's an interesting, that's an interesting opportunity. That's how, why we're called Stylytics and Style and Analytics combined. And probably partially because we could get that URL like a lot of, like a lot of startups are. Uh, we tried this, we tried that. And right. we've thought for years, do we rename it? Cause Stylytics is, you know, there's, there's, there's all the little intricacies with the naming and the spelling, like most startups, like a lot of startups have. For sure. Uh, that's how we started our business. A few years in, or as we evolved as, as, Mining that data, we thought, well, how, how do we, how do we track customer behavior to get that data? And we built outfitting technology for customers, for consumers to be able to put together looks to shop themselves and, and have an aggregated 
or digital closet of items that they were buying and they were and they could create looks. And we realized quickly that's well one, on one hand, creating that at scale is very difficult without retailer support, without truly aggregating purchase data. And it's a and little why bit, was that? Because you had to get inside everybody's you closet, have to get, basically? Customers have to give you that data. They okay. have to track it. We built a heck of a panel, if you will, a half a million users, which is you know, by far and away the largest panel. Of, you had half a million people doing that for Isn't you guys? that crazy? That is pretty wild. Yeah, like millions. Of, at one point, millions of items being added daily. Jesus. And But even with that, we could sustain as a business. We could get enough early venture f- support to, to build out a, a the opportunity that we had as a business, but it still wasn't going to scale quite like we needed to. The industry wasn't catching up quick enough. Okay. So we realized there was a technology there and, and we saw it at Polyvore and other places where customers wanted to create looks mm-hmm. and there was value with that. And so we started pitching that to retailers thinking, okay, well, most retailers, this is a few years back, when you go to their websites, you see an item and you see here four ways, four other items four like other that. You look at the top here, four other items. Personalized re- or recommendations, product recommendations. And we thought that's part of the story, but there's, there's a piece of that story missing, which is how customers wear that product and visual inspiration around it. And there's editorial, of course, that speaks to that. But doing that at scale, if you have 20,000, 30,000 SKUs, impossible. It's c- considering new arrivals and as items go out of stock, how do you maintain the editorial look and feel? Mm-hmm. So we built solutions that were rooted in that and and foundational to that thinking and line of thought about you know, having smart, dynamic, outfitting content. And over the last three, four years in particular, we've been growing about 300% year over year, working with some of the biggest and best retailers in fashion. Wow. And I want to get into that. So so take us back a little bit, too, I just because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. As entrepreneurs ourselves, Ann and I... Yeah. You've been at this for a while. Like, how did that all start, though? Like, did you were you guys just sitting around and you're like, yeah, you know what? Let's go into the fashion industry. Well, Let's start I'm, cataloging closets. I'm picturing Zach and Rohan just like, what am I gonna wear tonight at this party? <laughs> I yeah, need. I wish I could un- go to. This is a point of friction uh, for me. I wish yes. someone would solve this. Yeah, how did that work? Rohan and I met at a mobile messaging startup tech tech startup in the mid 2000s. Okay, and I had been on. And I'm sure Rohan had previously, and I'd been entrepreneurial. I mean, I know Rohan had been entrepreneurial all his life, and I considered myself an entrepreneur, even though I didn't know what that was, and, and I probably wasn't very good at it. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought, well, I always was I was drawn to that process. So we met at a company. We were both very early stage employees. Saw the company grow from maybe fifteen employees to a couple hundred before we both left for different reasons. He went to business school, and oh. my wife and I at the time she went to business school. And then we moved out of, of we actually moved to Seattle. Oh, and when, when Rohan was in business school, he interned for Amazon, and we were we'd already started a couple companies or ideas prior to that. And what were those? Amazing concept. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to sound conceited about it, but we had an idea called Ask Ahead, okay, which was. Of essentially a Yelp for dietary restrictions. And mind you, this yeah. was in 2000... Sure. Maybe seven? Wow, 2008. okay, yeah. yeah. So I think it would have done very well. We both feel that it would have done very well. It's like, still a good idea. So, yeah, I think it's yeah, still a good idea. Yeah, we yeah. said that. I think it's still a good idea. They essentially, you know, being able to say, I'm looking... At the time, it was gluten-free or dairy-free. Now it's, mm-hmm. oh, I'm on my Whole30 diet. Right. So what restaurants... Segmenting restaurants or, or filtering restaurants and then filtering down to menu mm-hmm. items and letting the restaurants put together, you know, having an approval process, but put together, it's probably a good idea for somebody listening, mm-hmm. putting together, right. uh, out, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, meals, you know, different things mm-hmm. of that nature based on 
could be keto. It could be all different kinds yeah. of diets or dietary restrictions, calorie counters, etc. And being able to sort through a restaurant so okay. you feel like you're in control as a customer. So you guys have always kind of had this kind of analytical kind of bend to yeah. see you, you oh, know, oh, how look, you can figure out problems. I think just naturally just interested in the evolution of technology and personalization or customization. Okay. Right. We see that in every industry. We're in fragmentation. I was in the music industry for several years. Fragmentation and YouTube and other right. tech developments allowed musicians anywhere to put a song up and immediately you're competing with a major label. Mm-hmm. Well, it's same thing in fashion. Yeah. And if you just think about it from a root, hmm. a root, mm-hmm. a, I can, I could, Chris, you could create right. or Chris and Ann could have Chris and Ann's uh, t-shirt store. And have it online tomorrow, you right. know? Have it online tomorrow, have an ability for customers to buy something, and immediately you're com- competing with other t-shirts. Aside from marketing dollars, you're competing with any other customer buying a t-shirt from American Eagle or customer mm-hmm. buying a t-shirt from Zara, wherever it is, I mean, depending on the style. And so there's that fragmentation that allows a lot of technological uh, tech, tech advancements, and we, we were interested in that way back, and we became more interested in over Because you had seen it previously. So yeah. when you make the pivot... Yeah, I'm really curious about this because you hear different stories about this from different entrepreneurs. As you make the pivot, as you go from cataloging closets to now what you're doing today, mm-hmm. was it purposeful? Like you guys had a conversation, you're saying, okay, we're now changing direction, we're going this way. Or did you kind of say, hey, let's put out something on the front porch, we'll see what the cat licks up. Is there yeah. an idea here? Yeah. And if there is, maybe we'll see if we start going more in that direction. There was definitely a POC period of like, okay. I, I mean, I think that's kind of the tried and true, you know, tested way of, of figuring out if it works. And we believed it would work. Our beliefs continue to drive us when we innovate, but we always, almost almost always have retailers that we pitch it and get it in front of, concepts, new, you know, new ideas. And that was very much the case. We actually presented it to some people at Target way back when, who Target's not a client of ours right now, but uh, we have a lot of great clients. But the interesting thing was that we actually... At that point, we met. We had a lot of people there that really believed in like this outfitting concept, the concept, and HSN, a couple other big retailers early on, and so that gave us the confidence to say, "Let's let's drive this. Let's let's. It's not it's pivot, but it's taking the technology we already built and just right. reposition it for brands and retailers to take advantage of it." Yep, 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 yep. Zach, what kind of participation do you need from the retailers, or how are they involved as they would like onboard? Yeah, with that's you? a really good question, Anne, and it comes up a lot in initial discussions. Yeah. And the short answer is we don't need hardly any participation from them. It, and also, they can be very involved. It, it okay. really depends on how – a lot of times it depends on how involved their merchants or stylists or even product people are with the creative side of their business. Right. Because they'll come to us and say, well, we know our products better than anybody else. So what we're doing for those that aren't – maybe anybody listening who isn't familiar, we take their product catalog – and we generate content with that bundles, outfits, primarily outfits because mm-hmm. primarily apparel and fashion. And we do that at scale. So we can take a catalog like Banana Republic, it's 15,000 you know, SKUs over the course of a year mm-hmm. and create tens of thousands of outfits for them. And if you're looking at a PDP and you're looking at a top, we show different ways to wear it and we show all these different outfits with it. And we do that for tons of different brands. And we do it at scale and with auto replacements built in and we have stylists that oversee it. So we have the ability to do it end to end. What we require from them is their product feed and that's it. That's amazing. But some retailers say, well, we have merchants that this is, you know, again, we know our business better than anybody. And we say, totally get that. We respect that. And that's, uh, 
you can be as involved as you want in the creation of the outfitting content, the rules that we leverage, the approval process. We have feedback loops built into our platform. So we have a CSM that, uh, or, or excuse me, a CMS, content management platform, platform mm-hmm. content management system that they can use to approve outfits prior to going live if they'd like. A lot of retailers will start that way and then quickly they'll say, we don't need to be involved. Right. You guys know what you're doing <laughs> because we have a lot of data and we built tens of millions of outfits over time and we see all these real time trends. So we can, we have kind of a super merchandiser, mm-hmm. if, you, if you will, uh, of being able to create content at scale in a very highly effective and. And the human eye and human ability just can't touch all of those things for how many different things are live on a website yeah. at any given time, right? It's, it's impossible. Just, it's impossible. Even with the risk, it seems like it's worth it. It'd be worth having the option to have a styled product. I mean, even if one out of the hundred times you get something that a stylist might, a human stylist might come around and say, like, well, I don't know if that necessarily. Yeah, it's not works. something that has like, to be perfect. To your point, it doesn't, doesn't have to be perfect. Can you always edit things mm-hmm. retroactively? So as things go, outfits go live, we can always change those. And as soon as they cash, which may be just a ma- usually a matter of minutes yeah. or a matter of minutes, they, they're fixed. What does it look like? So paint the picture for me. You mentioned, let's use Banana because you said Banana Republic. Sure. Um, sure. I go on the site. I'm on the PDP. What am I seeing? So I'm the consumer. I'm shopping. Exactly what comes to life? Because I know you guys have tested a lot of you know, how that should actually happen too. Yeah. Well, we have front-end experiences, front-end widgets that okay. fit into the just the same way a product recommendation may sit on the site mm-hmm. it's different everywhere where men's warehouse has a single outfit okay and and taylor loft and ink brands have two outfits banana public has three outfits others oh, is just specifically speaking on the product page mm-hmm. so it's flexible in terms of the output of what we show on a product page and are the outfits on people or are the outfits they're off model off model we okay. take items if, if we if we're delivered products that are shot as laydowns or off model or pinups or retailers call them all different yeah, things, right. ghost images, transparent images, product images. We take those and we outfit those. If they're on model, we actually extract them off the model and we do that and we'll edit, re-edit, or touch up the image if needed. And we do that for tens of thousands of products wow. a week and sometimes daily. So we have scale to work with big retailers like Kohl's mm-hmm. and Macy's and do that and Bloomingdale's and be able to pull items off model or we can take what they give us and we can then layer that in. And we also have solutions that take the items on model too. Most retailers don't use those because you don't have the flexibility that you have to have things off model. If you have a shirt off model, you can show it with tons of different outfits. If it's on model, you're a little limited because the customer mm-hmm. says, well, I see the pants on that model and yeah. they're not the same pants you're showing me and there's a little bit of a... I'm a it's a little confused. It's, it's not as clean as a process. Or as oh, that makes output. sense. I've never thought about it. Yeah, you don't necessarily need that. And so then typically what... Are, so I mean, based on what you're saying, then typically I'm thinking there's conversion increases. There's probably basket increases. 100% of the time. Uh, it's really... I'm not overstating it when I say that your basket size goes up 100% of the time. And what I'm comparing it to when I say that is the native solution, whether that's the product recs or it's a shop the look. Yeah, you're comparing against people who like bought this also like this. It's right? just a it's different totally experience. Different. Yeah. I think and I don't knock that. I think there's still value in product recommendations. And I think there's value in a lot of the native solutions, mm-hmm. but they're not doing what we do and they're not doing mm-hmm. it at scale. Mm-hmm. And also having that outfitting content as we build it in a singular image backed by a lot of data, mm-hmm. you can then easily layer it into triggered email, store experiences, Chatbots, right? Online styling, VIP client clienteling, AR, VR. It's it's assets that then social ad displays. They're 
and it know, gets cost. smarter over time too, right? When it, in theory, time. like once you know it's working, you'll be able to see what's working, what's not, what items are going together, what's not. So then you can even make all those things even better. That yeah. smart, the smarter over time is really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the personalization elements of it. Because you can do a lot. You can personalize the customers. You can personalize the personas. You can do it in session. Hmm. And it's, it's doing that on an outfit. I mean, if you get customers to buy 5%, 10% more products, which we do, and, and more than that, our averages are more than, you know, that's the, the low end, uh, that's significant. <laughs> I mean, that's real, real money. Yeah, I would take that, having run e-commerce. So, sorry, Zach. I've, so they, a retailer is not doesn't have to do anything different. They just give you their product detail information and the- that's enough to pull this data from. Because this is this is honestly blowing my mind. I mean yes, it right. goes back to what we talked about yesterday with ThreadUp. Like yep. the I think the biggest challenge for retailers is curating these looks, like these assortments in in their physical stores and online into yeah. really because people don't hmm. just shop one straight banana republic only kind of concept and this gives them the opportunity to kind of in banana republic come up with different outfits that they wouldn't see on the mannequin or in the catalog but it requires a lot of stylus or you know woman or manpower to make this possible yeah so for me i I can't i can't imagine why you wouldn't as a retailer if all you're doing is taking the pdp data and just giving that over to you guys, what? Why you wouldn't be doing this? Yeah, it's it's a good point, and truthfully, most are either doing it or they're in the process of ramping up. We're very fortunate that we work with all the most of the the retailers we want to work with, and the yeah. ones that we're not working with, we're talking with. Okay. And to your question of do they really only have to give us a product feed? Yeah. We ask for a product feed if we're implementing on their site or integrating into their site. I should yeah. say we give them our widget code to drop in okay and they may have they may be required to do some front-end edits if they want to have a look and feel so but they okay. don't they don't require to they can also just take our api and push it into their existing content mm-hmm. and then we'll ask them if there are guidelines around how we should generate content although we already have put together that based on their site based on their mm-hmm. social media based on everything their marketing ads we go through and we, we pull all that so we do it all for them but they okay. can Im- give us input but your point's really interesting, Ann, because I think, like, first of all, from an ease perspective, like, it's just like putting a widget in OmniTalk, right? Which I do every week. Like, it's not that—that's not that complicated. And then, especially for this conference, given that we're at Etail mm-hmm. with all the e-commerce players, when you think about what you talked about from an e-commerce perspective, yeah, it makes sense. But what you're talking about too is actually now you have a whole data set of information that tells you. You know, if you're thinking about going into a pop-up store or some type of physical retailer environment or do any of the other types of ways you can talk to your consumers, this can actually be a pretty good foundation objectively to say, hey, these things go together. Right. Maybe you kind of array your store in this way. Yeah. So if I am a thread up or somebody like that thinking about kind of that next iteration for me, this is probably a good place to be thinking about online for you to eventually do that. So. We have a lot of retailers uh, the retailers we work with have over 20,000 physical locations, even c- including right. a lot of the closures. Right. So they, they come to us, and it's it's definitely one of our priorities as we look ahead is saying, okay, well, yes, we can show content in the store. Like right now, you could have a QR code on your mm-hmm. s- storefront where a customer mm-hmm. scans it and has outfits on their phone, mm-hmm. or a big kiosk where they can, say, scan a barcode mm-hmm. and see outfits for that right now. That's, mm-hmm. out, of the, I mean, that's out of the box right now. Mm-hmm. But we're getting a lot of questions around... Okay, well, if we have a store in Atlanta, how does the merchandising change based on right. the merchandising in Chicago versus right. on the merchandising in Santa Barbara, et right. cetera? And how is the content reflective of that in Cross Shop, driving, driving Cross Shop, driving mm-hmm. you know, the experience? And there's a lot you can do with that, yeah. of course. The other cool thing, you know, just going back to PDP wow. and kind of coming from Ann's point, mm-hmm. we also outfit on models. So if you have editorial shots on model, we can show those outfits 
on mo- the on model look first. So we can we can we're, we're doing things this year like we're adding titles to outfits, so you can see this item worn in a work way, you know, work. Mm-hmm. You can see how to wear it on a date night. You can mm-hmm. see how, and and Even just, more we, we already segment that now, but yeah. we're just doing it a little bit more overtly, like not, not instructional. That's not the yeah. proper term, but just a little bit more. Uh, kind of client telling, if you will, have a, have a client telling approach around it. So we show customers different ways to wear a product and show that versatility, which again is going to drive basket size. Wow. Oh, that's- I mean, I don't even know what to ask. Like what, what is next, where you guys are going? I mean, you described it a little bit, but what else is on the horizon? Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. We've been, we've been fortunate that we were profitable last year, and then we raised some additional capital to just give us to invest in what's on the horizon. A lot of it is rooted in personalization, of course, as you would imagine. Okay. Um, a lot of it is is rooted in an, just enhanced analytics and data, just more front end customer experiences. So we have this new program called Mix and Match, which we just launched with Kohl's. It's been very successful. They're rolling out to a lot of skews, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of skews. Uh, it's good to hear. We've, and, it's good to hear Coles is doing something like that. Well, it, it, what that is too, I'll talk about that just for one second. Is it's a, it's a, it's, we call it mix and match, which is our internal product name. But essentially, it's an outfit that a customer can it's mobile, mobile or web click or tap into, and then make, swap the products they're looking mm-hmm. at. So you can look at an outfit and say, "This is cool," but I wouldn't wear those jeans with it, yeah. or pants with it. Oh, I'd wear a different top and want to swap through. Mm-hmm. Whether you tap on it, it's, a, it's fun, there's there's a fun element to it. You can kind of have that clueless closet mix and match. Uh, looks and then I you can shop it. it right from there. So without leaving the page, that's Anne's dream. I love the clueless right, closet. So there are a lot, a lot of things along those lines. Is more enhanced front end experiences, more personalization, backed by better data. What about other product categories? I mean, I think I remember when we were first talking. Part of the reason I was drawn to this was I could see how you would use this inside the home as well. Like, is yeah. that a place you guys are going to go? Yeah. A lot, well, so. I can't talk too much about it, but oh. we do have our first major. Full, fully home retailer that we're hmm. about to announce uh, launching a little later. Uh, let's say Q2, Q2, Q3. Right. Um, we're on the tail end. I guess we're kind of in the middle tail end of Q1, so another couple months. But we have a lot of retailers that we do work with that have home mm-hmm. and home decor and, and mm-hmm. beauty and other mm-hmm. categories that we've started to mm-hmm. dabble in a little bit. So anywhere where there's actual product coordination or that type of thing going on or complementarity, at, at this the, thing fits. At the foundation, what we do... We bundle products in a smart way with with personal you know a personalized element behind it that drive cro- drive basket size and product discovery hmm. and conversion of course mm-hmm. so that can be applicable in home that can be applicable in beauty hypothetically this can be applicable in grocery yeah I was uh, thinking but there's so much need and so much opportunity in fashion that we're careful to do this deliberately and not change mm-hmm. lanes too quickly because. Uh, the results we're seeing in fashion and clothing have been so significant that we want to just continue to 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 drive those as well. Yeah, get better there. One last question that just came to me, and I was asking this specifically for someone who I know is probably listening. How does it? How does what you do work with, say, marketplaces, say, marketplace-based retail, where you have a number of different sellers, and then you could actually complement or coordinate things across the entire platform? Is yeah. that something you guys have delved into? Well. In, or in, ever thought about even? Yeah, we thought about it. We thought about it, and we've we, so tradition. I mean, in the sense of multi-brand retailers, we do that, and it's a little bit of the same mindset, which mm-hmm. is you have different brands. You they're they're different styling rules mm-hmm. and pairing adjacencies and 
all sorts of high-low mm-hmm. adjacencies that you have to be considered of, and that's all mm-hmm. in the rules that sit under the algorithms mm-hmm. that sit under the styling of what we do. Mm-hmm. And those change day-to-day, brand-to-brand, mm-hmm. retailer-retailer. Mm-hmm. And so a retailer like Macy's or Kohl's mm-hmm. or these that have hundreds or thousands thousands of different brands mm-hmm. you have to be very considered of. And, and, and a marketplace, I mean, I, I would call that a marketplace, mm-hmm. but a true, you know, an, uh, another marketplace, whether it's a thread up or s- someone else, I think what we're doing and need to be accountable for are the product mm-hmm. feeds, mm-hmm. how how rich, how, how, what does what's the sell through like, mm-hmm. how deep the assortment is, mm-hmm. because if we're outfitting a product and it's going out of stock that same day, is there how much value? I mean, there's still value there, mm-hmm. but if it's going to be in stock for a week or a month, mm-hmm. or if you have multiple sizes of it, you want to have it be appealing to the customer. Mm-hmm. So it does it. it, it Yes, the answer is yes. We think about it. And mm-hmm. Yes, we're pushing down those mm-hmm. walls a little bit, but it does come to per- personalization mm-hmm. a little bit because mm-hmm. we want to generate content that's relevant mm-hmm. to the customer that's shopping. It and if there's sense. enough relevant content to do it, mm-hmm. but at the bottom line is if the if the marketplace or retailer wants to have mm-hmm. their goal is more crush up, more basket size, then it's probably a value. And the reason I was asking too is just with the rise of social commerce and potentially like an Instagram or more, I was actually more thinking like a Facebook trying to get into this game. <laughs> yeah. That could be a really interesting space. Really well, interesting space. I'd be lying if I said we weren't into a lot of those conversations. Oh, okay. Awesome. 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 All right. Well, that wraps us up. Almost. <laughs> we still, of course, have to play How Millennial Are You? We've been wanting to do this for a really long time. So Anne has a series of questions she's going to ask you, not to judge how old you are, but to judge how curious of mind you are still. Oh, wow. as now, what is it? An entrepreneur going on ten years? Yeah, I'm on the other. I'm on the edge of that millennial. I don't know if I'm considered a millennial. So let's see. Let's have. All it. right, let's go for it. Uh, you are shopping. You're about to go check out, say, grocery store situation. Credit card, cash, mobile wallet. How are you paying? Credit card mostly. Really. I, I like the points. And I, I guess you probably get the points on the mobile wallet. You still get yeah. the points in the mobile wallet. I'm old. I'm, yeah, I'm, so, I'm, okay. older, I'm older than you. I'm an old soul. But I credit love, card. I love Did you just the, say you're older than me? Is that what you no, said? No, I said I'm an old soul. Oh, okay. I'm probably oh, older phew. than you too, but I'm an old soul. I, I, love, I love the points. <laughs> we'll That's, that might be one of my favorite answers. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. I got to get those points. I need those air miles. All right, let's go. probably a bad excuse for being maybe lazy. That's going to play well at the office. That's okay. That's all right. Um, okay, the last week, how many times have you ordered food or drinks or coffee from an app? Most of my app purchases for food and drinks would be through Starbucks. Okay. okay. But I I actually wanted to do that at this hotel we're staying at, and they don't take, they don't take it? They don't take it. A lot of the like oh, no airports way. and yeah. stuff still hospitality space. Yeah, I guess. Space Point are of not, sale. Yeah. Point of sale integrations. Not yet. Yeah, it's tough. Yep. But I would say to answer that question accurately, just an average, I would say... One to two, okay. A week, yeah. one to two a outside week. of Starbucks. No, in, t- in total, Inclusive I don't actually. Uh, yeah, I should. I should have the caveat, which is I drink espresso. Uh, I don't. Dr- I drink Starbucks when I'm traveling a lot, just because okay. it's easier. But otherwise, okay. you make your own espresso. I make my own espresso. What, like with an espresso or what? Yeah, yeah. It? Oh, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean the, mo- the the pods. The millennial version of making yeah. okay. espresso. Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> not grinding right. the beans. It is pretty tasty. It's pretty good. Yeah, I do like that. I had, a, I had a phase. I had, I had my espresso. It's phase. good enough. I should say that. I don't want to. I'm sure they're purists that are like, come on, this is What color of pot are you dropping in the Nespresso machine? The one with the highest number I can find. Yeah, right? Like the the black (laughs) one or like the 10? Yeah, Yeah, right. I didn't realize it was a color scale. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they go from like the black or the brown, right? Yeah, right. I I stay in the The purple is pretty I only buy the 8 to 11 pack. Yeah. So whatever that is. All right. Learn something new every day. Last question, Zach. If you could only use one social app, what would it be and why? 
Mm. Ooh, that's a pretty good one. Because mm. the, the immediate thing I think of is Instagram, but I don't know if that's actually true for me because as much as I enjoy Instagram, it's I find myself, it, it's, a, it's a source of... Uh, being unproductive <laughs> it's a source of it's a source of i would say distraction almost as much as social media as a whole even though i do like it and i like to share my kids and see other people's kids and their dates and all that yeah, where they where they've been well i don't want to be an exclusive <laughs> to kids but i would say probably linkedin okay because for me in being a business side of what we do i am i, I i've Ever since LinkedIn came out, I've been a fan. I, I was like, if I could buy stock in this thing when it came out, right, twelve or thirteen or how many years ago it came, I thought this this is genius. It makes only, total sense. If only you could help their technology platform advance further, that would be my only gripe with LinkedIn. Like, I, I think I'm, I'm guessing they just do the diff. If it ain't broke, don't fix it type of mentality. Yeah. But yeah, you're 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 right. It is indispensable at this point, though, especially yeah. for entrepreneurs. I think yeah. like you absolutely 100% right. need it. It's we hear that a lot. It's required. And when I'm when we're interviewing, especially younger folks, yep. I look for their LinkedIn. I want to know that's their ability to tell their story and, right. in, a, in a business way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, it would mm. be cool if there could be a little bit more maybe of a social side of telling your story other than Facebook that you want to offer. Because when you talk about hiring, right. especially companies of our size and our, our age demo, which is probably a median age of mid late twenties yeah. or late twenties, it's that culture is a big part of it. So it's not just all business. But I, I, I my nephews in college, I say, guys, build your LinkedIn. Like this is your ability to build your narrative, build your story, start telling people what you're doing, even from an intern or from so I, I like LinkedIn. And do you think I feel like now I've never thought about this before, but I feel like whenever we interview a founder, mm-hmm. LinkedIn is highly correlated yeah, with absolutely. what they pick here. Or it is what they pick here. There's a mm-hmm. high correlation between LinkedIn and founders. So fascinating. Yeah, one, it is interesting. One Spotify. We have like one random Ooh. Spotify one connection. Spotify. I don't think a Spotify, founder, but music is it. my life. If I, I mean, outside of business and family, I, music, I, I... So maybe... So I maybe average Spotify hours a day be. listening to music. Hours, multiple hours. So if we so. put a gun to your head and you had to lose... Well, I, I don't think of Spotify you, as yeah, a social... It's not social for you. So it's not social for me. Yeah. Spotify is... Because people are listening to you, not you listening to other people the other yeah. way around yeah it's, it's true it's interesting yeah, it is right it is yeah i don't remember who dropped that but we were kind of like whoa yeah that was deep somebody also so, said that's a later in the night discussion sure. <laughs> somebody right. also said text messaging which also is pretty 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 interesting yeah. when you think, think about the social aspects of that yeah but i wouldn't consider that a platform you said social platform right i wouldn't consider that a platform mm-hmm. i consider that a, a means of communication communication tool well it's like saying what's your favorite meal and you're like food you know that was awesome all right let's let's end it on that one uh that was great so much fun zach zach davis from stylytics thank you so much for sitting with us thanks thanks for having me again thanks to our sponsors sezzle and stylytics and if you want to check out stylytics at the show where should they go we're at booth 711, or if anybody wants to get in touch directly, they can email me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, H is in Henry, Z-A-C-H at stylitics.com, S-T-Y-L-I-T-I-C-S.com. Or hit you up on LinkedIn. It hit me like. up on LinkedIn. Perfect. All right. All right. On behalf of everyone, I just want to say the loyal audience, be careful out there. <laughs>